0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode. Today, my wild and wonderful guest is Mitchell Stern. He is a mental health advocate and co-founder of Station Beverage Traders, also known as Station Cold Brew or Canada's Cold Brew Coffee Company, and they're based out of Toronto, Ontario. Now, that said, Mitch is much, much more than just a cold brew coffee guy. He is a creative at heart, and he is a model new age entrepreneur in my opinion. How so, you might ask? Well, he does this through sharing his personal mental health story and, you know, with the goal of being of service to his community in more ways than just running an environmentally conscious and socially responsible business. I think this is something across the board that entrepreneurs nowadays are doing. I myself, in fact, sure, have taken financial risk with investments rather than working for the man, Uh Throughout my life. So that would technically, you know, define me as an entrepreneur. However, more so recently, especially in light of current times, I realize I've always been more so a social entrepreneur at heart. So taking social risk to create social change, um, and doing that through way of business for profit business, you know, doesn't matter if it's for profit or not. But I think social entrepreneurship is where the tides are turning. It's where we need to be. So that said, we were joined today by Tyler Bryden as a co host. Um, as well as a fellow mental health advocate and entrepreneur. You can catch Tyler's, uh, well, not full-on Tyler's story, but we get into it today. But Tyler was uh, with me on episode four way back when. So we recorded this one remotely just days into lockdown. The discussion actually dives kind of deep into the uncertainty that lies, you know, lies ahead for small businesses, entrepreneurs. And we actually share lessons that we learned throughout you know starting small businesses and how we've coped with you know working and improving our mental health in times of stress and uncertainty so I feel like there are some uh, beneficial tidbits here for you guys who might also be running a business and or just started or let's say you're not even running a business but you're you know you're without money right now and you're looking at ways to be resourceful so I think there's a lot of good tidbits here in this episode today Um, you know the main take home is that you know we're still learning lessons here, especially with mental health. We never stop learning these lessons. I was really excited to have Mitch in here to talk about this stuff because that's just it. This is a important topic uh, for men to get together and talk about mental health. I have an episode coming up for women as well, talking about uh, reproductive cycles, talking about menstruation and different areas around, say, let's call it, rewilding women's health. So talking about birth control and some of the dangers... Of that medication, uh, so yeah, we got a little bit of everything out there for you guys. I hope everyone is doing well. Again, uh, my heart, my prayers, my thoughts um, are out there with anybody who has been affected by the current situation, by this pandemic, uh, and and also not only from a you know health standpoint, whether you've become ill or you know and you're better, or you or if you know someone who's passed away uh, from this situation from this pandemic, then my deepest condolences to you. And, and I'm thinking for thinking about all you guys, I really hope everyone's being safe, staying safe. Um, it's and and, and and to take that a little bit further for anybody who has been affected um, there with their employment or with their business, if they feel if they are a small business, and they are feeling like they're becoming strapped, not happy, you know, not being able to pay rent, even despite loans and things like that. I feel for you, um, you know, it's just not its not easy times, and I'm actually quite fear not to say fearful, but I'm quite concerned, rather, about the uh, consequences of the health policies and the economic policies and everything that's kind of come out of all of this. I'm not going to say too much here today. I'm going to get right into this episode. I am still working on piecing together that uh, second installment of the uh, the podcast here where i do a solo episode and discuss all things coronavirus uh the first one that i did was well received so i feel like i'm due for another one however i've been doing what many of us out there are doing and that's that that dance between uh, introspection and entering in the world and and, and re-consuming more information so so much disinformation out there and I feel like I would be doing a disservice if I didn't use this platform here yet again to you know voice some things that I've been researching uh, there's censorship going on right now specific to things that I study so I feel like there is importance it's an important thing for me to get out there and say some of this stuff right now especially because more so because it's one relevant to my field and it's you know there's some science <laughs> backed in our need to get out and start interacting in nature interacting with one another and then furthermore. Um, you know things like electromagnetic frequencies and what they can do for or what they can do to our immune system and how they can give our bodies a little bit more things that we probably need right now to chew on like we don't need to chew on this extra these extra stressors Um, and I say that because fear is heavy right now and fear is one of the most suppressing things to our immune system so you take that whole nature disconnection you take isolation from you know individual from from our community from our family and then you throw in the fear and it's a, a one heck of a heck of a wicked elixir of you know poor health essentially immune suppressing poor health so i am just about ready to hit record on that episode it's you know soon soon times it will be coming out but anyways one of the last things i want to do here before we hit the show is let you guys know of a discount code that mitch was so kind to offer for everything on Station Cold Brew's website, right now they can still you can still order things. They're doing a one for one, so you buy one case, they donate a case to frontline workers. Um, regardless, regardless if that is still going on, I know that right now at the time of listening to this, there is a promo code for twenty percent off if you use Rewild My Bio at checkout. All capital letters, you will save twenty percent on your order of Station Cold Brew. So I got to thank Mitch. For throwing that out there for everybody here, I um, really do enjoy this episode. We kind of went a little bit over. So with that said, I'm not going to keep you much longer. Please stay safe out there. Uh, stay connected. Just try not to be divided. Uh, hug trees. Get open up your windows if you're still stuck indoors. Get outdoors as as much as possible. And uh, I am thinking of all you guys out there. Much love. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Rewild My Bio, a self-help and alternative health podcast. I'm your host, Sean Slade. Join me as I share stories, science, and strategies to help you rewild your biology and redefine your biography. Just like this, we start. Mitchell Stern, welcome to the show, my friend.
1: How you doing?
0: Good, good. Thanks so much for taking your time out of your busy schedule. Um, and Tyler, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, I should say as well.
2: Back again, man. You got me here again.
0: I did, yeah. And happy to have both you guys, actually. Um, because quite honestly, I thought you two have to meet, you know, Tyler, you're up there in Toronto right now at uh, the DMZ incubator for Speak. And uh, Toronto also happens to be the home base of Station Cold Brew, Canada's cold brew coffee brand, I will say. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm so I'll happy to that. bring you guys together. Yeah, <laughs> well, you are. <laughs> I I was telling someone today, I'm like, who are you interviewing today? And I'm like, uh, Canada's the founder, the co-founder of Canada's cold brew coffee. And he's like, what's that? And then he said, Station. I said, you're right. So everyone, nice. everyone knows their station. So anyways, I want to get you guys together, though, because you're both fellow mental health advocates, men's mental health advocates, I should say. Mm-hmm. And um, for that reason, I've got mad respect for you both. So what I'm here today is to talk about that wild journey of starting a business, um, starting a cold brew coffee company as well, which much like me. I've got the question many times what is kombucha? Right? So I'm mm-hmm. sure you guys got the same question. What is cold brew? So it's kind of wild to see something that others don't even know about and then make it a thing that goes coast to coast, right? So I find mm-hmm. that amazing. But what I find even more amazing, I mean, about both you guys, is the, the triple H effect. And that to me is hardworking, humble, and honest. And those are qualities that I find rare in entrepreneurs and male entrepreneurs. You know, um, so I thought let's let's get on let's let's wrap about things. Obviously, we're in the middle of uh, lockdown still. I guess to date this podcast a little bit for the listener, it's March twenty seventh, and um, yeah, we're in the middle of uh, the the coronavirus pandemic right now. So this episode I've had Mitch on the list for a very long time, but as far as um, you know talking about mental health, but I thought this adds a whole nother layer in right now. And I know there's a lot of small business owners out there who are feeling the stress. Um, So I thought I'd get both you guys on to chat about just that. The tension's being high and, you know, it's it's crazy right now. I don't know what you guys think, but, you know, I'm looking in the newspaper and sure there's the push to get the economy going, which I understand. Then there's this whole virus where you, you throw these models out there of like total death tolls. If we were to just go back to work after two weeks of moderate, um, social distancing and with the turnaround rate of this disease i mean you're looking at like 1.4 million deaths if we get back to work and, that, and that's in america and this stuff's all mm-hmm. coming through cdc and actually there was a i'm going to put this in the show notes for folks because there was a article in the new york times saying something something to the regard of trump wants to get back to work and in the bottom of that Hello. article yeah in the bottom yeah. of that article there's actually a, a model that you can manipulate based on numbers so I, if anybody's into mm-hmm. charts and, and stuff like that you can kind of you know, go play God and figure out what the fricks, you That's know, it's pretty going scary. On. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's just a model, you know what I mean? Models, sure. no one's going to plug in the right numbers, but it's, it's interesting is all. So long intro there, but anyways, Mitch, let's start at the beginning of you guys cause I really do want to know the full story of station. Cause yeah, like we met years ago, I think it was at Toronto yoga show. Um, yep. Fell in love with you guys, honest to gosh, right from the start, but tell us, yeah. How did you guys come up with the idea of station cold brew?
1: That's awesome. And thanks for the intro um, and the kind words. Uh, I'm always happy to connect with you. Um, I, I think now more than ever, probably. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to take time out of my day because my days seem to be kind of unpredictable and all over the place, but um, just kind of learning to accept that. And I'm actually feeling pretty good, all things considered right now, yeah. on, a, on a personal level. So that's oh, great. Well, so you're right. It is, it
0: is tough to accept this because that's just it. As business owners, we try to control certain things and here comes something, you know, we ain't controlling this, this train slowing down, yeah. right? So yeah.
1: yeah, it's about adapting and we're doing our best, but we'll get to that. Um, for sure. Jason, we started in, um, I guess, 2014. We've been around for about six years. Um, it started with my partner, Steve, who is a serial entrepreneur. He has a couple other businesses and he was in New York City and was, was handed a glass of cold brew coffee and he didn't know what it was. He was kind of an average coffee drinker, would drink it mostly for function, but was also a pretty healthy guy and didn't love the taste of black coffee, didn't want to put sugars and creams into his coffee for health reasons. And so he would kind of like go to his office. He worked at of CSI, uh, Center for Social Innovation, and he would kind of drink the office coffee and, you know, with a, a sort of like closed eyes, like downing it, very bitter, didn't love it, but did it strictly for functionality, but then came across this cold brew and realized that it was like one of the best coffees he had ever had. And it was smooth and it was uh, clean. There wasn't anything added, no sugar, et cetera. And so he came back to Toronto and as a good entrepreneur does said to himself, you know, I can do this and I can do it better. Um, But also did some research and there was nothing happening in Canada uh, at sort of like wholesale level. Um, There were a few small independent cafes, craft coffee shops who were making their own cold brew. But uh, he did some research and realized that there was a, a gap in the market and was watching what was happening in the U.S. Uh, so he this, he tried to make his own cold brew and realized that that was not his skill set and uh, learned a very important lesson, which he passed on to me, which has become uh, something that's always top of mind for me and something that I share with other entrepreneurs is, is, is really understanding and knowing what you're good at mm-hmm. and uh, acknowledging that and not trying to do too much else. I think there's always room for growth and improvement and learning, but surrounding yourself with people who complement what you do uh, is, is a really impactful thing. It certainly has been evident uh, for our business. So Steve tried to make his own cold brew. It didn't work. Um, he put an ad on Craigslist to find somebody to make cold brew for him. And he got about know. 10 people. He got 10 people who applied, uh, some beer brewers, scientists, coffee people, uh, one of which was Mike, um, and to ruin the story, he became one of our partners. Um, but uh, Mike Mike basically showed up to an interview and and uh, told Steve why everybody else's cold brew was, was not good and how he could do it better. And then Steve quickly realized that Mike knew a lot about it. Mike has been working in coffee for about, at that point, probably five or six, seven years. Now probably about 12 or 13 years and uh, just knew what he was doing. So those two started to discuss recipes and then Steve and I knew each other through some friends and I had just left my job uh, in sort of like the marketing agency world and was doing a bit of consulting. Uh, the idea of building a brand from scratch got me really excited and Steve came to me and I wrote him a proposal and he hired me as a consultant. But uh, once once we started going, we quickly realized there was a lot of legs here and we, the three of us sort of got together and 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 pushed on from there. So, you know, then the brand was born, the recipe was developed. We were all bottling by hand mm-hmm. up at a commercial kitchen on mm-hmm. Eglinton and, you know, doing deliveries in a van and, right. and really, really, really started from scratch. Uh, so it's been, it's been an interesting journey.
0: Yeah. It's uh and I love hearing you say it too. Cause actually, yeah, I do, I do recall that story now. And, uh, yeah i mean i've been there myself you know bottling by hand delivering getting my brother to deliver product and all things like that and actually if anybody out there wants to check out uh mike steve and mitch uh working their magic on dragons Den, they were on an episode <laughs> of dragons Den way back in
1: the day and uh yeah i loved season, it season twelve, it was season 12 episode one and it's on netflix oh it is no so you're on netflix so
0: you want netflix and chatter yeah. but there you go well we're on the quarantine folks get out there and uh yeah. Check out, check out that episode, but no, I, I really do love it. And, and there's that sense of team building and that's really what, you know, what drew me to you guys brand. It, it was very similar to the story of Booch and yeah, again, finding the right people that, um, giving good people an opportunity and creating a family. Right. And then that, that yep. feeling, that energy obviously goes into the brew, goes into the, mm-hmm. uh, goes into the bottle and the, and the consumer really truly feels it and Yeah. So that's what, that's one thing I do love about you guys, but, um, yeah. So have you, have you always had the entrepreneurial spirit? How'd you get in? You know, you said you were working before. Have you always been entrepreneurial?
1: Uh, absolutely not. I would say like I've, I've learned over the past six years a lot from Steve, uh, and from Mike and and advisors. Um, but if you asked me six, seven, eight years ago, I certainly would have wouldn't have said that I would be a part of starting a business like this. Um, which you know, it's nice to say that. It's nice to give myself credit because I don't I don't do that enough. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of a lot right. of us don't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well. Yeah. Um, but but you know, I think the idea of an entrepreneur, uh, the lines are blurred tremendously um, today more than ever, and and in a in a positive way. I think you know anybody has the idea or has the opportunity to to do something new and creative and build a business around it mm-hmm. simply because of. Connectivity and what we can do, and and you know the amount of education that's available or resources for somebody to learn a new skill or right. what have you. Um, and you know, I think anybody doing something on their own that they're passionate about that uh, is creative in some respect, mm. and and the term creativity could be could go along a spectrum. But even if it's not for profit, I think you could call yourself an entrepreneur. Right? You know, I yeah. think it's the idea of taking something. Uh, a a learned skill set and doing something with it is really all it is
0: right well i'm so glad you said that because i find that sometimes entrepreneurship has this connotation to it where some folks are going to assume um yeah it's like business as usual corporatey at least from my experience sometimes i believe in entrepreneurship because we can bring forward new ideas essentially and um it doesn't have to be business as usual right you can whether it be your products totally new and no one knows what cold brew is, or it's just the model in which, yeah, I'm going to hire folks that maybe don't have the degree, but they have this interpersonal Mm -hmm. ability that is so rare these days. Right. Um, So I just did, I don't think entrepreneurship has to be something that's looked at like, Oh, here we go. We're going to create this big monster business. And then we're Mm -hmm. just going to do business as usual. So, and again, but I think public perception, I think a lot of people, yeah, it's just it. I think a lot of folks, um, once, well, let's just say this, once businesses get big, it's hard to not go to your head, right? And it's hard to not, of um, you know, start making money. And then it's, it comes down to that individual, that entrepreneur who started it, you know, for a, an amazing reason that they wanted to bring a unique product to an area or what, what have you. Um, yeah. I just think it's important that we always do the work as entrepreneurs to be good people, because obviously yep. we can tie our worth or identity into our business. And I have, fallen victim to that and part of the backlash of that is dealing with poor mental health so kind of segueing in here to the topic at hand um tyler do you have any more questions in regards to uh station cold brew
2: tyler's not a coffee you're not a coffee drinker tyler I'm. Uh, I'm. I, yeah, I've stayed away from caffeine for my life because it's always scared me. But uh, as uh, as I've been trapped in this house here, I've got a, a fantastic roommate who's making me tea every morning, and oh, uh, the caffeine's slowly working its magic oh, on no. me. So I might find my.
0: You've got caffeine <laughs> in your. You're, so you're, yeah. you're a true entrepreneur, there, Tyler. You've <laughs> yeah. got caffeine in your in your
2: blood. Well, you don't need well, it. I just. I, so I'd love to. I mean, I, I. I and I just would love to add one more layer there about um, sort of the entrepreneurship perception and then just large companies and sort of a corporate uh, entity. And, you know, I think in in London, Ontario, where, you know, I was working, I was working at innovation works and pillar nonprofit and dedicated around social enterprise. And these are some of the most like entrepreneurial people I've ever met in my life, just like taking on these crazy challenges and many times not, um, you know, driven by money Mm -hmm. uh, yet, Mm -hmm. just, you know, just seeing a problem. Trying to solve it, and then rallying like a ton of people all you know, together to try to, to try to solve that. So I think there is this beautiful um, sort of shift in entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship with the focus on social enterprise and doing good as well, and seeing that through Boots and then obviously Station here as well yeah. too. And Mitch, I, right. I'd love to be convinced to try some cold brew by the end of this. So keep keep working me down, and I'll. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, there's a couple things we actually just just launched um, iced teas, uh, yeah, which are right. so they are they are a little bit caffeinated. So if you're averse to caffeine, then they're not for you. But if you're averse to coffee and are willing to, to try some caffeine or okay. then our sparkling iced teas might be good, but um, I, I don't want this to be a plug by any means, <laughs> um, timeless, man. We, we can talk about that after, but to go back to what you're saying, I think something that really ties this all together for me is just this idea of perception, both in business and uh, with individuals. So one thing that I've noticed, and, and it comes back to this idea of, you know, the the success getting to your head. Mm. Um, I I have friends who uh, when I, when I see them or I haven't seen them for a while, they always, the first thing that they say is congratulations. I've seen your product everywhere. You guys must be killing it, et cetera, et cetera. And it's really hard to personally accept that. Right. Um, uh, Partially because You know, I'm generally, for better or for worse, a pretty humble guy. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it can be detrimental. Um, And I also don't want to be known for just that. I would love for for those interactions to go a little bit differently and say, like, you know, maybe asking some questions about, like, you know, let's put your business aside for a second. How are you doing? How are you feeling? A little bit more, you know, a conversation. In line with this. Um, But I think perception about businesses can be the same as individuals in that uh, somebody could look at our business from the outside and say, it's it's amazing, you're doing well, you're everywhere. They don't understand what goes on in the back end. Somebody, one of the best pieces of advice I've ever been given is if you don't think that every business is somehow on the back end held together with duct tape and band-aids, you're you're kidding yourself because there's always something, right? (laughs) right, That's the thing that people don't see but what's important for me is is that is the same with, with humans, with individuals, right? I have a lot of people who will say something similar to me about like, you know, you own a business, you're, you're in shape, you're, you know what I mean? Like all yeah. of these things. You must have it all together, perception. right? Yeah. And and that is not the case. And right. I'm the first to admit that. And I'm okay right. with that. Right. Honestly. Right. So I think that, that perception is issue or challenge is is visible both in my business and in my in my personal life and, and with me as an individual
0: and well that's just it it adds to the it adds to the challenging mental health that we are faced today especially in this day of like social media and that it's like oh yeah mitch is killing it he's got you know he's got this he posts his pictures of him killing a workout. Then he posts picture of, you know, them on, on Dragon's Den or what have you. And it's like, oh, I must just be killing it. But, like, those are highlight reels, right? No one's really getting that deep. I mean, until, obviously, someone like you who's honest and humble enough to say, hey, here's what I'm also working on. You guys might not know this, right? And it just, for me, it adds integrity. It adds trust. And I can totally relate with that on, on so many levels. Um, and at the same time, it's like, yeah, here's me where all that did go to my head when I was, you know, killing it making a huge company. Um, and then when that's removed f- from myself, all right, um, basically, I found myself like missing those interactions, right? I would, used to go mm-hmm. into places and I'd see, you know, I see the product on the shelves and I still obviously have, you have inter- interactions, you know, thanks for choosing Booch and, you know, but it's still, it's, there's something there for a very long time, my sense of identity. it's like who who the fuck am I, right when it was gone. Right. And I mean, obviously I have it, said I've said this on the show before, but yeah, losing it because of a separation between my ex-wife, which yeah, we own this company together just for the listener, mm-hmm. knowing what exactly happened there. So yeah, it was it was a struggle in the beginning when I was leaving the company.
1: Yeah, and I think I think that spectrum is is on one end, it's allowing it to get to your head mm-hmm. and, and letting that sort of part of the ego or whatever drive you. And the other end of the spectrum, which I would say I fall on this end a little bit more, uh, is, is, is like I said before, not giving yourself credit, right. Right. And not Mm -hmm. accepting or appreciating the hard work and and all of that. So it's like, where, if this is the spectrum, how do we find the balance, you know, because I think there are moments where you need to, uh, appreciate that and, and be proud of what you've done, but not going too far to the other side. Right? Exactly. Yeah, no, nope.
2: yeah, there's something I think that I find really interesting, too, is just different kinds of business, right? Like, Sean, you put your sort of heart and everything into Booch, So it was more than just um, this, you know, logistic uh, operation that you were trying to figure mm-hmm. out to make a profit. It was actually, you know, encompassed who you were and everything that you had built through your life. Sure. And I think there's, a, you know, a huge difference between different different kinds of businesses and how people are looking at it. I think that's where the, you know, and I'm really interested to talk about about this with you guys about how you do sort of separate yourself um from from the company because um so many of the people that that i meet today maybe it's just you know luck but seems so um you know, yeah, encompassed by their business. And that's what they're so passionate about. So it becomes part of them as well, too. And I'd be interested to hear how you make that divide.
0: Yeah, no, I will. I'll, um, I'll say that, yeah, it was difficult for me in the sense because yeah, Booch very much was a culmination of my uh, journey through like my health promotion career as a, as a nutritionist and everything. Um, my values as far as like sustainability and local food security were huge in creating it. So yeah, I guess you're right, Tyler, to the point it's like, whereas you would speak, obviously, it's like you're not you don't necessarily have to be You're not the face, whereas I guess uh, in my case, and I'm sure similar to you guys, you know, you're starting making this stuff in you know, bottling it by hand, that whole handcraftedness. So it very much was a craft. So it was a piece of my soul, so to speak. So, yeah, for me, it was it was almost indivisible. And it wasn't until life circumstances happened where I was able to say, oh, like to your point. Uh, here's my ego and here's where that wants to be you know the top of it and then here's me where it's like hey I did a really great thing and I deserve credit for it so again the balance was it's I guess individual but I think you're right in this day and age especially with small businesses that are crafting you know something that they're passionate about I think folks don't often look at hey where is my business end and where do I begin anymore right so I don't mm-hmm. know what, you, what your mm-hmm. experience in, in removing yourself how do you not let it go to your head there Mitch?
1: Well I- the biggest challenge is like, I'm on always, right? I'm yeah. always thinking about the business and I'm always uh, pushing the business and, and thinking about employees and trying to be creative. And, and, you know, some of my best ideas come at night. So it's, there is no line in which I draw often. Mm. I do my best and I'm getting better. <laughs> um, and it's even harder now when I'm working from home and it's literally like wake up in the same place where you're spending your personal time and then you're Uh, like, it's, it's even, it's even harder now because there's no physical separation. Um, it's, it's something that I oftentimes am challenged with or struggle with.
0: Yeah. Without a doubt. It's not, yeah, it's not easy and it's, it's hard. And I, I remember actually, um, it wasn't so long after I had, you know, got separated that I remember reading an article or seeing an article. It was weird that it came across CBC radio and it was about, uh, Young entrepreneurs, um, and the percentage of businesses that end up falling flat on their face, and I think it was upwards of eighty percent. And those who are owned by like husband wife, it's like the majority of them end in divorce. So it's just like, sure. shit, this is hard stuff. And again, it's, <laughs> and again, it's to, the phys- it's to the physical separation. Yeah, um, you know, it's just it's just not there in certain certain businesses, certain things. So. Like I said, Well, before. it seems it's, yeah,
2: it's important too. Like that's, I, I when I first started six, five, I was working from my home office and that, that, that can be such a, a difficult challenge to do when you just have no divide of your life. It's like, mm-hmm. here's okay. This couch where I'm watching TV on at night is also where I'm doing all my work. There's no yeah. separation here. I just feel like this merge. And I, I just thought that was really interesting what you said, Mitchell, just when you do have a company or you're anything doing anything in entrepreneurship, that becomes like the sole defining trait of you. I just find that such a fascinating thing and And just like anyone like uh, entrepreneurs are complex, unique individuals who have families who have people they care about, who have other things going on in their life and so i I constantly think that um you know although the the glamour of or i guess at one time perceived glamour of entrepreneurship it shouldn't be the the only characteristic that sits for for entrepreneurs today yeah, well said.
0: Well, you know, we're talking about stressful things. What are some stressful things, guys? That's if you know, folks out there maybe want to start their business. I know, um, I know a lot of listeners have that entrepreneurial spirit, and um, looking towards doing something new. Social entrepreneur. I'm so glad you brought that up about social entrepreneurship, Tyler, because that's just it. There, you know, it comes down to the intent, and I think a lot of folks are, and at least a lot of millennials, a lot of younger individuals starting business have that social entrepreneurship aspect. But guys, what's Mitch, what's the most stressful thing about a startup in your opinion? I think, I, I think I might know what you're going to say. I have an idea. Tyler, you might say the same thing, but wait, what's, uh, what do you think?
1: What is the most stressful thing about a startup? Um, hmm. I think we've, we've talked about, we've talked about a few things. Uh, yeah. separation of first pers- of personal, um, and professional life is, is definitely one, right. um, you know not financially speaking like i I hate to go there, but it's a reality like that's that's a very difficult thing because right and now is a perfect example is is if you need to adjust uh, the financials of the business or or work on cash flow or fix what's coming in and going out um, you know the owners or the founders are are an easy place to start right right yeah. Um, you know, I feel very fortunate and grateful that I have a supportive family um, who have allowed me to 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 keep pursuing this right, because I believe doing. in it so much. Right. Um, and that's just it. I think there's but, always
0: those people uh, that stand behind entrepreneurs. I know my family was always there for me and, and it does. It takes supportive friends, family or something because it's, yeah, you're going out on a limb on your own. So yeah, yeah. I like that you said that.
1: Yeah. And I think um, here's, here's one of the biggest stresses for me is uh, not... I hate to, to create a bit of a hierarchy, but if, if you're, you know, at the top, there's nobody above you. Right. So I think it's really important for advisory or mentorship externally to, to keep you um, on track, Mm -hmm. motivated, um, and and to make sure that you're sort of like, for me, I'll, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the love languages. One of, one of my main love languages is uh, words of affirmation right and and oftentimes I don't receive that because I'm mostly sort of like helping manage our team Mm -hmm. right and it doesn't oftentimes go that way so I think for me one of the biggest challenges is not having uh, direction all the time right because because I am you know a I'll, I'll just say a creative at heart. Mm-hmm. I like to sort of think big and, and abstractly. Right. And oftentimes I need to be brought back down to, okay, no, like think about this. What I've are the steps do. we need to do? So yeah, I think that's definitely pretty high on the list of of yeah
0: no I'm I'm glad you brought mentorship because without those mentors yeah you get to a point where it's just like I'm I don't know all this I'm there's no way I'm expected to and yeah to you know take big ideas and actually you know I always say let's close our eyes and connect the dots because we might have these big ideas Mm -hmm. but you actually have to like logistically plan it out and that's not always easy to do if you haven't done something before right see now that's where Mm -hmm. I I was going to leading leading that question at the beginning there I was thinking yeah it's and you touched on it it's the financial piece but it's the growth it's growing a business all of a sudden demands in like I think uh with me in in the matter of like three years uh you know from 2014 starting booch it was like three Uh, growth spurts so it's like each one you're managing moving into a bigger facility or now it's like you're mass producing kombucha this has never really been done before so reinventing the wheels and and i mean same with you guys with like cold brew like to the level that you're doing Mm -hmm. it it's like no one's made that much cold brew like before right so creativity is necessary but then how are we going to get shit done you know Mm
2: -hmm. um
0: Mm -hmm. without a doubt so well yeah, we've kind of chatted on this a little bit already, but tying that, you know, tying our worth or identity into business. Um, let's actually just chat about your mental health journey, Mitch. When did you start, you know, becoming a mental health advocate or when did you decide that, Hey, I'm going to speak out about this stuff that people might not see about my life, you know, just to give others something to stand on, you know, feeling not yeah. like we're not all alone. Right. Which right now it's like, we need that. We're all stressing. So yeah,
1: sure. stressing all the My, time, uh, huh? it's really interesting my journey uh i was on i was on medication for about 10 years okay so let's just say from like 19 to 28 or roughly in in and around those those years uh so antidepressant antidepressants uh ssris uh, a bunch of different ones Uh, interesting journey Mm -hmm. i'm i've gotten to a point um where i've just accepted that that was an important part of my path and trying not to regret taking them for that long, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, coincidentally enough, um, uh, at the same time we started station is about when I really started thinking and and having the desire to, to, to deal with whatever I was dealing with, Mm -hmm. depression, anxiety on, on a more natural level and, and finding the tools that I, that I I know I have that aren't in the form of medication, mm-hmm. um, and and if they were in the form of medication, perhaps natural medication. Um, I, I just I, I became so reliant on this drug and I hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there were side effects for sure. I felt like I was, you know, I wasn't experiencing any highs or lows. Right. It was it was numbing everything. And I think there's there's validity in that. And I think some people require that. And I perhaps I did during that time for sure. But I. Wow. Something I've thought about a lot is I entered into this uh, journey of entrepreneurship at the same time in which I entered into uh, this journey of dealing with my stuff mm-hmm. on my own or naturally. Not on my own because I, I rely on friends and family a lot, of course, and community, uh, which is one of the tools that I've recognized is so important. But if you think about like entrepreneurship is this crazy sort of like up and down. Um, you can call it a wave, you can call it a pendulum, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it right uh, i entered into this phase of my life where my emotions were very similar mm-hmm. right dealing with really high highs and and really low lows right. right so on a personal level i was i was starting to feel uh again i was starting to feel these this like you know moments of joy and love and and gratitude and all these amazing things but i was also allowing myself to feel the um, the sadness and the darkness. Um, and, and on the, on the business side, I was, I was in the same boat. I was experiencing these high highs and these large orders we were getting and mm. these new customers were signing on. But then I was also experiencing the, the lows of like, Oh man, we haven't hit plan. We're losing money, whatever that looks right, like. Right. And so I thinking back, it's pretty crazy to, uh, to realize that I, I, I entered into the, both of those journeys at the same time. Right. But I think that they've 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 helped me, both sides of that, have helped me deal with the other side right. in, in just trusting that when you're at the top, uh, giving yourself credit and, and appreciating that moment and knowing that it doesn't last or it's not forever or that it's not the end all be all. And when you're in the lows, trusting that it'll come back up, exactly. right? It's, it's cyclical. And I think that's really helped me uh, on both sides of the coin. Um and- but <laughs> go ahead
2: no, Mitch. I'd like—I just love to know, like, when you were going through that experience, and you know, I, I understand the highs and lows of that. But you, you sort of said you were on SSRIs, you were dependent on those. How did you actually like taper off those? Did you go cold turkey? Did you start to lower the dose? What was that experience like? Because I think that's where people get into a lot of difficulty, is they no longer yeah. want to deal with antidepressants. They want to figure out a more natural uh, way to deal with it. But then they don't understand that those those SSRIs do have some validity uh, and and are important. And then I'd just be interested to know on a on a, a follow up of that, of what would. You say to someone who's going through that journey and is maybe now in uh, isolation because of this quarantine and what what are those tools sure. that are best best to deal
1: with it's a great question i think uh and first and foremost i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, add a, a note to say that i'm by no means qualified to recommend you're not a doctor i'm uh, <laughs> not a doctor what what, oh, no. I'm, but what i'm sharing and what i'm about to share is my Thanks. personal experience and, and there's there's a there's a spectrum and what works for somebody doesn't work for somebody else so Awesome. That's sort of the caveat. Um, that being said, uh, I had a few specific friends who were willing to help me out uh, in terms of providing support, checking in, um, uh, recommending some sort of like natural supplements, um, sort of nutritionists and people like that who were who were very supportive in helping me. Um, I also have my older brother as a doctor, so I have him as a resource if there's anything very specific. Nice. Um, I did not go cold turkey. It was a period of about six months. Um, I I also should make the note that like, I I think my, my reliance on the medication was mostly for sort of like social anxiety, I would say, uh, and less on the, um, you know, severely depressed side of things, I think it helped on all of this, cause there's yeah, yeah. so many blurred lines between those things. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I've, I've never been suicidal. I've never been in, in that dark of a place. Um, and, and I know there are lots of people who are, and, and, and that's tough. So, you know, coming off of the medication was very, um, intentional. It was very controlled. There was, there was a bit of a plan. Um, And, you know, I relied on those tools that I mentioned before, and I started to learn about the tools Mm -hmm. that that I had. And that includes, you know, things like meditation and breath work and uh, finding ways to express creativity to put me in a place of meditation Mm -hmm. Um, and then relying on friends and family and just having open and honest conversations. And I think that led me to a place where I can speak openly about these types of things without any shame or uh you know fears of judgment or anything like that i think you know if if one person can listen to this and and feel better about talking about it that's all that matters it's awesome
0: thanks uh yeah. yeah thank you for that cuz that's uh thank you for sharing that and what i see here i mean i see no coincidence in the fact that those things both came at the same time entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and this like what you kind of said here is a underlying theme of the show which is the resilience piece you you freaking rewilded your life if you think about it You're no longer relying on that paycheck the cubicle. I mean, I, I'm assuming you worked in a cubicle. I don't know where you work but <laughs> before, but you know what I mean. Like that whole uh, vibe, anyways, is that uh, you know relying on someone else. But here you are taking responsibility for your life on many levels. Your paycheck, but then that sense that's very deep rooted in us. That sense of security that we get from a paycheck. So when you're on your own, essentially, okay, here we go, starting a business from scratch. Right? Are we going to make enough money? Um, I see that as building resilience. And so yeah, it's no no wonder that you. I mean, what perfect timing. It's just the universe giving you an opportunity to say, okay, here you go. You're going to deal with highs, you're going to deal with lows, and you're going to feel this, and you're going to work through it. So, I mean, it's just an amazing – again, it's almost like entrepreneurship. Hey, everybody out there, start your own business. You'll uh, be able to build resilience, but that's just it. You're building mental health resilience through being responsible for your – taking control of your – own life right so that's awesome Tyler yeah, maybe this absolutely. would be I know we've chatted a long time about you uh you know sharing your story into mental health and as an advocate would you mind uh you know sharing your your journey
2: it sounds similar to somewhat yeah to yeah Mitch, yeah yeah, well, I'm interested, you know, a couple of things that I, I, you know, question about entrepreneurship and this idea of, you know, you sort of need to maybe delude yourself in the beginning to uh, even take the chance and risk to actually do some of the things you want to do if you're if you're going to head into entrepreneurship. So this even, you know, that that, that part resonates with me a lot, Mitch, of, um, you know, sort of starting the journey at the same time that you actually sort of undergoing some of the mental health difficulties that you're doing, because I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, they almost feel like there is no other option. This is what they they have to do. This is what they need to do to, to survive and, and for myself, I was actually had the ability, I was looking at different agencies that I could work at different companies. And for some reason, the, the thought of working at those agencies and companies gave me way more fear and that social anxiety than just starting my own company. And I don't know, that's just, I mean, it seems counterintuitive, but that was something really fascinating to me. And just, you know, to take it back a little bit, just, um, you know, for some context here, I was I was a competitive hockey player, uh drafted the OHL and there was uh I ended up playing junior B and we won um, basically a championship in the final year of the you know, 21. You either make it or you don't make it. And uh, I was on the, the don't make it side. And um, you know, I, I remember we won this, you know, won this championship in the final year. So it was a good way to go out, but it's we sort of one, everyone was skating around on the ice and, you know, holding up the, you know, the cup that we had won. And I just, I just felt completely empty and I was like, oh man, what, what, what is this? And so I, uh, I had got, you know, because of that, that championship, they had basically given us, um, a, a blank check to basically... <laughs> the entire summer. And that was, you know, that's a really dangerous thing. You got a bunch of twenty one year olds who are finishing, you know, basically their mm-hmm. hockey career, which they had put 15 years into, and they're just, you know, throwing you guys money to go and 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 party. And so, you know, during that time I had no, I was partaking. I was definitely partaking. I was getting into harder substances than I had before, and I, I just, you know, continued to just feel this this emptiness. And and for me, I actually that, that's when I sort of and you know I can't can't get through a conversation without talking about plant medicine. And, and for my uh, that that's when I first had my first experience with plant medicine. However, I completely underestimated the the power of those substances. And so, um, with the stress, sort of existential stress of hockey career being done, a uh, uh, couple family events that happened, it put me into a really dark place and. I've been Mitch on the on the low the, the very low scale of that. I had uh, I got caught in uh, basically a negative feedback loop. Uh, I was there for oh man eight months. I ended up as an inpatient in the hospital. Suicidal ideation started with, but then you know deep suicidal thoughts and um, you know ended you know culminated in an attempt that landed me in the hospital for, for two months. And so um, you know I, it really does resonate to see you know that part where you go the, the peaks of entrepreneurship, but then the peaks of life and that full experience of everything that, that's been, you know, a continuous journey for me. And I think, you know, all of us right now, I think we have this idea of like stability and, and for myself, I always looked at stability in a, in a couple of ways. I always thought that people in sort of nine to five jobs and typical careers had the sense of stability that was a little bit of an illusion. And I think, you know, maybe this, this, I think this virus and the way that this economy is shut down has really sort of broken this illusion for a lot of people. But I would say even as an entrepreneur, I thought I actually had more resilience in a, in a scenario like this. And yet we've still seen so many entrepreneurs and small businesses affected by it as well too. And so I think there's a lot of people sort of facing uh, sort of a new understanding of their own. Um, resilience. But then the, you know, I, I look at it as, as we're all walking along a cliff in our life, and it's very easy to take a couple small steps to fall off that cliff. And so we're all sort of here and together. And though it's a very scary time, I think it is a, a, a really, you know, important opportunity for us all to come together to understand, like, how can we navigate mm-hmm. through this world and, and the instability that it yeah. brings?
0: Well said, because I think yep. we're all getting thrust into this adversity, right? Yeah. And I had done a sh- episode recently, guys, on happiness. And it's interesting that ever since we moved, you know, out of our communities of say 20 to 100 you know living in the woods and our hunter gatherer tribes um we haven't had to share in the adversity that we used to share in the hunt share in the hard winter and here we are right now sharing in these hard times and i mean it builds the reserves for happiness you know and good mental health yeah. because that's just it once you taste the sour you know how good the sweet tastes, right? And, um, and here we are. And it's tough. No one wants to go through this. I didn't want to go through it. I'm sure neither of you guys wanted to go through it. But now collectively, you know, we're all being thrust into it. So I don't know what you guys think, but I see, I mean, I see huge positive things coming out of this in our understanding of what's important. Also, this slowing down. I mean, Mitch, Tyler, I know you guys are both right still in the thick of all the busyness. So we got to enjoy a little bit of the slowing down, right? So, um, yeah, I think... Uh, I don't know if you guys yeah, have anything to say in that regard.
2: I, I just, you know, one thing I found very interesting is, you know, a lot of people were building products or building businesses based off the old paradigm of the world. Like I've, you know, as I, even being plugged into the DMZ or, you know, connected with hundreds of different companies and we're hopping on zoom calls and just sharing each other's problems and stuff. And it's literally people have been working on two years on, on something that right now is completely obsolete. Like that doesn't matter. Or a company that is working specifically, they've been building software tech for the travel industry and they're just going through and trying to close deals. And then the travel industry is just shut. <laughs> right. So I think there's, right. I think that's, that's a really interesting thing. And I, I I'm actually very fascinated about this time where people do have their identity wrapped up in their companies, and it's not even necessarily their objective fault if something fails or something doesn't work, but there's the, this, this realization of like, this isn't all me. What was I building for? What was I trying to accomplish, especially now when all these other things emerge and become priorities, much bigger priorities than maybe what we were trying to build before this crisis actually came about?
0: Mm-hmm. True, true. Mitch, you were saying some stuff before we got on here about uh, what you guys are doing for staff right now to help them through stuff. Uh, do you want to like kind of share some of that? I think that's awesome that you guys are, you know, very concerned about your employees and your community, right? Your fam. So,
1: yeah, I mean, the biggest thing right now for us is is just adapting and, and finding ways, you know, with at any point in which we can finding things for people to do that is so valuable to the company, you know. We've, we've adjusted our manufacturing is obviously as low, like we're on a skeleton crew, the least amount of people in there as possible building inventory, you know, we're still deemed an essential business, which I'm happy about. Um, although I, the list of essential businesses is a bit, interesting. It, it, there's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of things on there, but, right, yeah. um, Tim Hortons I'll, is, I'll, Tim Hortons is
0: essential guys. Tim Hortons is essential right. in Canada. It's essential. Right. If you're an American listener, it's like our Dunkin' Donuts basically, but anyways, sure. a
1: little sarcastic. I, uh, so, you know, just adjusting and adapting, uh, you know, for example, one of our, one of our regional sales reps, like he can't go into store anymore. And he, as an individual thrives off of human connection and building those right. relationships at the store level. And all of a sudden, you know, every single retailer has, um, rules around doing that. And mm-hmm. some of them are allowing it, some of them are not. Some of them are only allowing it between 9 and 10 a.m. And so his role has been turned upside down. So working with him daily and, and our team to, to figure out how can he best bring value and still be uh, inspired to to work daily and to, to add value and, and to do what he wants to do. Uh, and 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 also just appreciating that that it's temporary, hopefully, and that things will eventually go back to normal. Right. Maybe the new normal looks a little bit different, and we'll adjust accordingly. But right. um, you know, it, it's it's tricky. It's tricky finding finding a place for right. for staff for sure. Well, you
0: know what, it, it, and not just it. I think you said you both said the new normal, and I know young creative guys like you, we're already on this new normal you know operating business in a different way sharing profits all these things that i think come with you know these social entrepreneurs and the businesses that they create so um there is going to be a new normal and that's just it i i pray my biggest concern right now guys is like um yeah what's considered essential and what's not and who knows how long all this social distancing will go on for and getting the economy up and running economies are like trains right take a long time to slow Mm -hmm. down long time to speed up so i'm just um yeah, I'm really concerned about what this could do to small businesses. I know it won't necessarily wipe out. I mean, cold brew coffee is here to stay. Kombucha is here to stay. But like, as far as progress goes, there was actually you guys had done a uh, there was an article in the National Post with you guys there talking about you know plans and stuff like that. So yeah, sure, progress, economic progress might be halted.
1: And again, I think, I think yeah, that yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I, th- I think that's exactly it for us. Uh, mm-hmm. Is in in the post we talked about moving from um, you know a year of, of hyper growth of which we've been planning and, and working on that plan for the last you know even like 12, 12 14 months because um, you have to work that far ahead all of a sudden that's gone out the window and we're mostly in like survival mode so mm-hmm. the idea of bringing on new accounts and new listings wanting new products all of a sudden you have to question all of that and and ask yourself does this make the most financial sense for us right now right? Right. Yeah. And and it just completely uh changes the mentality and the approach to doing business, which is very challenging.
0: Right. Well, I mean that's just it. It's it's part of that shift again. It's moving business from egocentric to ecocentric. Okay. Yeah. This is the environment yeah. that we're in, we find ourselves in. We either adapt and be respond or, you know, responsive rather than reactive, or like you mm-hmm. said, survival mode, you die. And um no, that's just it. It's, it's being able to have that adversity and see that, yeah, this is a survival mode and it just, it just is what it is. Right. So, um, yeah. And I will link that article in the show notes cause I found it a good read. And yeah, I mean, if, so that's just it. If you guys had to think like, well, here's let's, let's get into this. Um, cause I do want to kind of bring back to, you know, mental health and business. And I think, or at least men's health, let's chat about that a little bit. Um, cause I think men often start businesses to fill voids, to feel more, Family. and this is just you know i'm not blanket statement i know that sometimes i had to wrestle with this even with my phd i have to wrestle why am i doing this am i doing this to seem smart or am i doing this because this benefits me and how i'm here to serve the earth right so i think at least being cognizant of that is good and maybe there's business owners out there who have never ever looked at this they tie themselves into the value of their business and right now they're like holy shit. My business is losing money every day. I'm nothing, right? And like you said, some folks are sitting at home. And the cumulative burden of stress of entrepreneurship or just having kids or whatever it is, is building up. So um, I feel like this new normal involves ecocentric individuals, especially men, who can acknowledge where that toxic masculinity was in their life. You know, where it was nothing but profits. And now it's like, oh, shit. My lowest paid staff, let's just say, or again, to that hierarchy – is can't even afford their rent right so we need these individuals to step up and help right now we need conversations like this which i'm so happy we're doing to let people know yeah there's a new there's a new normal so um where was i going with that essentially yeah how what do you what do you guys think in regards to you know why men start business is there anything that you guys can do where it's like yeah here's where i can check my ego tools tips tricks anything at all that comes to mind
2: I'll just um, you know I I think a very fascinating part for myself and I I, you know I've traced this journey has been that no, I had sort of had this sort of public mental breakdown. And, you know, after that, not only was I trying to prove to myself that I was capable of doing this, but I was trying to prove to the to the world that I was capable of, of doing something worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a dangerous thing to actually put yourself under. And, you know, even until I think even sometimes until this, I, you get reminders, right? You get wake up calls every time. And I think on that question that you said, I was just like, why am I doing this becomes such an, an important thing. And I try to wow. ask myself that every day. Sometimes it's annoyingly persistent of like why am I doing this and especially in a time like this with 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 the crisis that this that's going on and you know I had one person say to me like Tyler if you're trying to prove this to the self and into the world, like you're, you're putting too much pressure on yourself. And that's, you know, that's something that I, I, I do try to, 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 to consider and take into consideration everything with everything that I'm doing. I, I think you're right. I think you've, uh, you know, I've identified something here. I think, you know, especially for some people who, you know, if you're educated the right way, you have a level of intelligence, you have a level of ambition and motivation, you have the potential to do many things. And and then that's that also be, almost becomes sort of this like, ah, what, what can I do? What can I do? And then you go and you go and just try to do as much as you possibly can. And, uh, I don't know, I've, uh, I'm continually trying to check on it. I'd love to hear what you guys think about this. Cause I, I, I actually do struggle with this and, uh, I'm continually trying to break down why, why am I doing what I'm doing?
0: That's good. Um, and that's such an important question. And cause sometimes we wake up 20, 30 years down the road, we've created this business. And then it's all of a sudden that question gets asked. And I mean, that's kind of the old way. I think now, folks, people are saying, why am I doing this? How am I making a difference? We're cognizant of that as social entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right, Tyler. Sometimes it's, it's, it's in, within, again, that sacred masculine trait. It's a good thing that we can just push through and be tough and be leaders and courageous and take chances. But there's also that other side to resilience, which we're kind of chatting about here and sharing, getting together with groups of men and sharing, softening softening into the cracks right rather than being so right. tough and hard resilience doesn't always mean like oh so and so or you know someone has a partner who died or you get divorced or whatever and it's like oh they're right back out there the next day so resilient so strong it's just like well wait a minute are they are they just pushing this shit down so right. yeah i don't know I, th- I just think that is yes something i notice with men in business and in, there's in a big in yeah
1: there's a big difference between between those two things and i think that's a good um it's good recognition to to know what true resilience is versus and, and actually dealing with what you're dealing with and, and learning and growing from that. That's kind of like what I see as resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what, what also resonates is, you know, a, a very common male trait is this idea of of always trying to fix things, ah. right? And I think with, with businesses, oftentimes, I mean, you should always know what problem you're trying to solve, right? right? When you're starting a business. So, you know, kombucha. You're trying to solve the issue that people consume, you know, sugary beverages with no functional benefit. Exactly. Right. Yep. So you're trying to solve that problem by by giving them a product that is, you know, tastes better, is better for you, and uh, has more functional benefit. Right. So I think there's there's definitely some validity in saying that that's part of the reason why men. Uh, work towards sort of entrepreneurship often right because it's about fixing something that's wrong yeah very very true
0: yeah that's that's just it that's that sacred masculinity and i guess where it becomes toxic masculinity is when it's just like hey i'm i'm this huge brain i can create all these things right and
1: sure um yeah well and it's really easy for the wrong reasons
0: yeah exactly no and i mean that's just it like yeah the the the, that is a good i want to i don't want to you know poo poo on this aspect of of sacred masculinity and, and it is the ability to fix things it's it, it's it's natural right um to be able to try not to say that this is not a characteristic there's sacred masculinity in all women as well so this goes for them too but right. yeah it's that being able to fix things and I think Mitch you just hit right on the head why is, as to why I am divorced <laughs> but anyways <laughs> I digress because <laughs> that's just it I mean yeah and here's the thing this this fix things mentality it's it's got its place here in this type yeah. of you know environment um in that setting right. and if that's something you like to do then by all means do that right so yeah. and i guess just know when when there's barriers there right and acknowledging it, that. it and that's part of healthy masculinity uh,
2: it becomes such an excuse i find as well too like oh, i'm busy i'm working it becomes this blanket like all statement that you can say and then you can expect people not to bother you if, if you're dealing right. with a significant other and they're asking you about how you're feeling today or you know i want to have this conversation sorry i can't deal with this i'm working right now and i think you know for myself it was like uh, coming from competitive hockey where five days a week are filled with you know intense activity you don't have any time and then all of a sudden that ends and you just have all this time on your hands it's like what am i going to do now mm-hmm. okay let's just shove it full with as much things as I can do. And I'll say it's a business and it's work because then I can feel good about it as well too. Exactly.
0: Exactly. No, I know. And that's just that it can be, I remember in height of busyness, it was like the easy, easy emails that you could get through at the end of the day. I would essentially, you know, I'd either have a Beer or I, you know, I'd smoke a joint or something to kind of numb myself and then keep working, right? And it's just like, oh, I'm working, so it's okay, right? And, and it's so easy to fall into unhealthy habits that way. Um, so again, I don't know if we want to continue going on there, but this kind of brings me to a question that I have here um, for both of you. But Mitch, how do you, you know, we talked about balance. How are you staying balanced between working on business and self? I know it's hard right now working from home, um, but yeah, mm-hmm. how do you balance the doing and being Mitch of Mitch, you know, the yeah, things yeah, you yeah.
1: do for station, the things you just be when you are just being so I think uh quarantine aside let's just yeah. go back to normal, normal, life. <laughs> normal <life laughs> right. for now for the purposes of the conversation but I think um you know exercise is really important to me um and and I'm even challenged with that at my sort of like community gym because we do we as in station do a lot of like we support them a lot and I'm known there as like somebody literally three weeks ago said oh you're the cold brew guy
0: of course and I made a joke
1: <laughs> I made a joke like oh I actually like to think that I'm more than that you're and much I more
0: you're much more <laughs> and, Mitch
1: and they, I, in I, I didn't know this person and I was saying it as a joke because it doesn't actually bother me but they didn't know me and they thought I was serious and it created a, a, a great dialogue but yes <laughs> Um, so exercise is something that I, 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 use as a place to just completely separate myself from, from business. Right. Um, um it's just, it's certainly something that, uh, allows me to get into flow. Right. Uh,
2: well, flow it's, space. yeah, it's, an, it,
0: that, well said, it's totally like an ego check. I mean, I've seen, I've seen what you throw down on workouts and if everybody wants to, we'll, we'll hook people up with your Instagram, but yeah, crushing workouts. <laughs> and then, uh, that's just a total ego check. Like, you know, there's no, there's no I in this. It's just like, you just pushing through right yeah. And, yeah check it at the door right on
1: and then and then for me something that I've really uh spent a lot of time thinking about is is why do I care so much about what we're doing in business right mm-hmm. or with Station. and what I've what I've concluded which may, may or may not change in the future but it is it is absolutely an expression of my creativity right the brand the visual identity of it um more often than not is is an expression of my creativity and you know, the messaging and, and, and all that sort of stuff and the positioning of the brand. And that, that gives me a lot of uh, fulfillment, right? right? And then the uh, the other parts of that that I've concluded is, you know, I'm not, I'm not extremely passionate about coffee. I'm just not. Like, I don't, I, I uh, we care about where we're sourcing the coffee from and the people who are involved in that chain, of course. But Mike is the person on our team who is passionate about coffee. And that's right. why he makes it. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. But what I've what i and I struggled with that for a long time. Like, why? Why am I doing this? Why do Mm. I care so much about coffee? And what I what I got to, though, is what coffee allows people to do. Right. So I started thinking a lot about the people who drink our product and what they're doing. And that gives me tremendous fulfillment. And that could be uh, a doctor right now. That could be um, a, a new a new mother or new parents who don't get a lot of sleep and need to do a, a ton of stuff during the day. For sure. I could be yep. an artist, an artist who's up till 5am. It, it, it doesn't matter.
0: A PhD student trying to write a dissertation, you know,
1: that's, exactly. that's my life. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. and and that, that was something that, that allowed me to really be be mm-hmm. very comfortable and happy with what right. we're building. Right uh, it was very helpful for me.
0: Yeah. Well, it's neat too. Cause you're going back to owning your niche, right? Like that's what you're, you're passionate yeah. about is that marketing is that connecting with people on that level. Yeah. And, uh, there you go getting to fulfill your passion, you know, through, through this. Right. So Tyler, what about so you? One thing, oh yeah, go ahead.
1: I was one, one more thing. I was going at a bit of a tangent there and, and your question was separating business from work and what I was get, what I was mm-hmm. hoping to get to, which I didn't, uh, was I've, I've, um, found other ways to express my creativity. Um, and a lot of that comes with drawing. Um, I, I used to draw a lot of the kid and I've over the past four or five years allowed myself to explore that creativity again. Love it. And that is something that more often than not right now, and it's, it's changed because, uh, things are kind of up in the air right now, but, Maybe. um, uh, Oftentimes I'll I'll just sort of put my phone in the other room and, and spend an hour or two mm-hmm. not even thinking about it. And that is it's a nice feeling That's to amazing. be in a place where you just let everything go and nothing else matters.
0: That's awesome. And I'm so glad you brought up art too, because you know it's so common you talked you said nutrition, you said community, you said meditation, breath work, which I think it gets the common stuff, but that art piece is so important, important. and it's funny because when shit got busy for me, I push meditation aside diet wasn't always the best right so it's just this snowballing effect for Mm -hmm. me but where i got away from was my dancing right ecstatic dance is something i'm hugely passionate about drum circles hitting my drum um just singing and chanting and just letting it all hang out for me it's a it's a space of creativity and it's like again it's the balance so i mean you're killing it on one end you gotta kill it on the other end so to speak tyler yeah last time when you were on or not last time but back on your first episode where we were on you talked about you know killing the business but then you also talked about staying in touch with nature so i'm going to ask you have you you know have you stayed up on your nature connection practice and then i'm actually going to ask you the same mitch and see what you if
2: you have any type of nature connection practice that keeps you cool you know what i'm saying yeah, well, and I, I, uh, you know, i and I moved, I moved to Toronto, and I moved to Toronto for the DMZ, and to, um, you know, I, I, in, in a way, to, I, I took on a much more urban, uh, fast paced, uh, concrete jungle, and uh, so for me, I found some, you know, some beautiful parks and areas of greenery nearby that have actually been, you know, hugely important, and I would just went on a walk yesterday and, and spent uh, a lot of time in a park, and so I think you're right, like the the, the culmination or the combination of nature and then what you're doing is just so absolutely important in terms of like integration. of... Of you know, separating I guess separating work and 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 then personal life. That's actually one of the more difficult things I face, and I've really tried. You know, I always ask like, what what is a marker of happiness for me? And it's when I come home or I finish a day and I feel like I feel integrated. I don't feel like fragmented from what I'm doing. So you know, for for example, some people might separate a lot of things. Like you know, we talk Sean and I and Mitch. I don't know how much you know about that, but we Sean and I talk a lot about like psychedelic therapy and 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 I you know I started this four city London Ontario psychedelic community, and that part is in a way it's, separate from work but in my ultimate vision i actually can bring it all together and uh, that can be sometimes healthy i think that can also be really unhealthy as well and i uh, and so i think the other part that, that mitchell touched on here is, is just the art piece so i've always been a music lover audio guy um i've got you know my right, midi yeah. keyboard i've got uh, the loop pedal here in the in the living room and uh you know when we're especially we're in this quarantine environment to at the end of the day spend an hour or two just making some music and getting into that flow state and testing and experimenting mm-hmm. that is a Separation that I go. However, in the dream, uh, in the dream environment, I somehow mix the music and art all together with the business. So, uh, you know, for you, Mitchell.
0: Oh, you cut out there, Tyler.
2: Creative stuff, and then bring it. Um, you know, bring it into um, the actual art and design that you're doing for your branding. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's. Uh, yeah. I'm so glad you guys both touched upon the creativity piece. Do you have anything there, Mitch?
1: just as it relates to nature it's funny like as you're asking the question i'm uh i found myself trying to figure out the right answer right yeah (laughs) and then i i just had a moment with myself where i was like wait a second my answer is my answer is that i can admit that i i don't spend enough time in nature and that's like that's just my reality right Mm -hmm. now Mm um but i i did i immediately went to like trying to justify and like doing all that sort of stuff but My answer is that I've acknowledged that I would like to spend more time outside and in nature. Uh, you know, things get different with the seasonality, of course, mm-hmm. in, in Toronto or in where we both live. Right. Um, so totally. as I look outside and I see it's a little bit bright, that gives me a lot of hope. Right. Um, you know, I do like to exercise outside when possible, but uh, I, I would absolutely like to spend more time Right in, in well, nature
0: here's one thing actually interesting mitch you might even be able to i know you guys are down again talking about the new paradigm and doing business here's something i think you guys might be down for because i know how much you take care of your your sales reps and, and everybody right and what i always had done is i would do tree time with my sales team and that it was like literally moving meetings outside sitting at a base of a tree but giving them an yeah. hour in their week if it's 40 hours giving them you know essentially having an hour where it's like outside work on tree time you can meditate you can fall asleep you can do whatever but in that quiet time you know we, we create yep. again that reserve for creativity right so um yeah just like hey if, if work can throw down an hour and you know whether it's your staff or yourself i'm just uh, just throwing that out there because you have that connection yeah and again with trees in the city environment just one tree alone i mean that's its roots are tapped in the earth uh, doing some of your breath work meditation all that stuff is, is just amplified mm-hmm. right so yeah yep. right on well um we're coming up on the hour here guys and what i thought maybe we would do before we get off the call a few more questions but uh if anything comes to mind right now, tips for others out there uh, that wanting to start a business or those who have started a business and are kind of in this, um, you know, these strange or in- uncertain times as we're calling it. Um, but yeah, just words of encouragement, uh, things that they can do. Uh, yeah. Anything at all. I've got one of my couple own. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A couple things come to mind for me. Yeah. The first of which is the, the concept of sort of the ebb and flow that I talked about before. Um, I, I was taught, I think it was Steve that, that introduced the idea of this sort of like pendulum that swings around. Okay. Again, there's a bunch of different ways you can look at it visually, but I'm a visual person. Yep. So think about a pendulum that kind of swings around like this, right? Yep, clockwise. Right? Yep. The the goal, it's always coming back around, right? Right. The goal is to let it sit at the top for as long as possible. Yep. So right. that it swings back around and then comes back and sits at the top, right? Yes. And I think the idea that I mentioned before just about appreciating when you're in those highs, giving yes. yourself credit, acknowledging. And then when you're in the lows, yep. just understanding that there's lessons there Natural. and it's not, it's not, uh, it's not forever. It's not permanent. It'll come back around and that that's where you build resilience to talk yes. about what we were right. talking about before. So that is, that is by far the, the highest level, biggest, um, piece of advice that I would share that I've learned.
0: I really, really, really appreciate you saying that because it kind of ties into the philosophy of the show and essentially rewilding the way we look at time. I think in business and, again, whether it be like the man brain, everything's linear. Everything must go up. I remember, you know, when I was in Booch, everything must continue on this flow. And that's not – I mean, let's say that's not natural, but that's one way of looking at time. Cyclical, right. like you were saying, with the circle is much more of a you know, if to decolonize or, or use an indigenous uh framework or way of looking at things, that's or eastern philosophy, however you want to call it. The circular nature of things is much more true to again our seasons and, and how life actually works. So when we can get comfortable in the winter time and then we've got summer, right? And same thing, it's the dark go, economy's having a you know a rough go, we're in the ebbs, but then again, like you said, being. Being just comfortable, accepting, sitting in both. And I think I really enjoy you say that because, again, to the philosophy of the show, working with, say, the elements of air, fire, water, earth, ether, all of those have a vibration or a frequency. And each one of them is circular or wave motion in some regard. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just it. Once we start to harness the energy of what our environment is giving us, then we can kick ass, essentially. Yep. Well said. Yep. Um Okay. Well, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Tyler, I don't know if you have anything there, but I'm going to kind of throw out my tip right now. Um, and this is kind of really practical, I think, is that right now, uh, certain businesses are getting, you know, support, um, large businesses, small business. We've seen buyouts with obviously big business because those keep the economy going. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but that's what happens often. And that's because they hire or they employ rather more people. So it keeps the economy going. So they'll get things like PPE, you know, personal protective equipment and stuff to get people back to work. But what I really urge small businesses to do out there um, is to get together, right? We're we're stronger together and really press local governments, provincial governments, state governments, you know, federal governments, really press them for seeing funds allocated to small and medium business right now because Mm -hmm. that's just it. This type of small businesses have a harder time riding out these types of storms right and i think the biggest thing i am fearful about as a health conscious consumer is that all these amazing companies out there making kombucha cold brew a good bowl a good wrap a good smoothie they're going to have a harder time staying afloat right now and their progress you know essentially is getting halted and it's harder for them to pick up speed again so i'm really hoping that folks band together and i hope we see a lot more about this in the media obviously podcasts i believe in as a form of honest, I mean, not to say non-biased, but in this day and age, you know, you got to trust where you're getting your information from. But if we get together and, you know, press media, press uh, politicians to show us some funds, hopefully we can keep small businesses thriving and alive right now. So, yeah, you know, yeah. Just, a, just a yeah. thought, but, um, all right, well, we're, we're coming close here and I'm going to hit you with the question, Mitch, that I hit everybody with. Um, and it goes like this, what is your wildest dream for the earth? I mean, you're a social entrepreneur, you're a men's health, uh, advocate, uh, you're much more than just the cold brew guy. What is your wildest dream for the earth or at least here right today?
1: So I think there's a couple of things that come to mind. Um, I think this idea of like, uh, unity, so I personally, I don't go, uh, to like an environmental, um, viewpoint immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but it comes, what what I think about immediately is like unity of, of, of humans, mm-hmm, right? And right. I think now more than ever, we are like so disconnected but connected, right? We're isolated, right. but I've been on more video chats with right. people I love who I am very close with more than I ever have. And I'm seeing them more, which is interesting. Totally. Um, I'm connecting differently with family members. It's, and then if you take that and you uh, sort of talk about the idea that everybody is working towards the same thing right now, mm-hmm. and that is ensuring people's health and safety are, are at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Right. And I, I think that yeah. that's uh, certainly a silver lining that we can see right now. One thing I am concerned about is uh, because there's so much focus on uh, the economy and uh, you know financially what's happening to a lot of people and businesses. I'm I'm concerned that the environment will will take a, a backseat. Sure.
2: sure.
1: I think you know w- when you think about everybody's getting something delivered to their house, mm-hmm. nobody's thinking about the environmental impact on that, right. and I get that. Yeah. I really do. Like I'm not saying. I'm doing anything differently because I'm having packages delivered to my house too, right. but I, I am a bit concerned about the current state and how that will impact the environment.
0: Yeah, Well, without a doubt. I mean, just just yesterday, I probably still on my Instagram story. I yeah, going to the grocery store, I see four rubber gloves laying right there on the in the parking yeah. lot. And it's like yeah. I think this is what like fucking started this disease is pollution, like and just too much of it. You know, I mean. Sure, some theories, but like, so yeah, luckily, I mean, I had a glove on myself. So I put the glove on and I go and pick it up and throw it in the garbage, right? But it's just like, yeah, we, uh, I, I hear you on the environmental piece. Yeah. And sure, there's been benefit of, you know, uh, you know, gases and nitric oxide and things cleaning up. We've seen probably the, the maps of what China looked like a year ago at this day. And those are all good things. So again, as we reconvene, I just see so much opportunity for businesses to say, hey, what's, what do people really want? And how can I realign my business yeah. with that too also like you know, kind of stave off some of these uncertainties right without a Absolutely. doubt yeah well said thanks for saying that um and you know what you said about unity is was just beautiful and i thought as you're saying i literally got i get the well up and a little tear in the eye and i just want to say that because men real men do cry and uh those tears those tears of joy i think it's <laughs> important to say that yes that's uh, beautifully said tyler do you get any closing remarks here for folks in regards to these uh your dream or the, you know, what's going on right now with, uh, yeah, with
2: I, I think there was, I think there was some, some interesting things that, that Mitchell's brought up here. And, you know, one of them, I, you know, one of, we've all had to slow down here uh, a little bit. And, um, I think sometimes, uh, especially if you're trying to start business or trying to hustle and do stuff, it's about understanding that a lot of the time sensitive stuff is self-imposed pressure that we actually put on ourselves. And yes, there's, you know, we, we need to, we need to make, we need to make payroll. We need to pay people. We need to take care of people, but it's also a really powerful time for, for self-reflection. And then just, on a, a larger um, sort of perspective that, that I'm seeing right now, you know, I'm much more in the you know the software, the tech, you know, technological space, and you know my. What I wish I had done from the start and what I would recommend anyone who's especially trying to, you know, right now is a time where people are being laid off and they're trying to figure out what to do with their time and what is the next chapter in their life. And so if you are thinking about moving into business, you're trying to start entrepreneurship, I would just say start small. You know, um, I, I'm with Mitchell where I'm a creative, I I think of the most grandiose vision possible. And I'm like, how can we how can we do that? But in a time like this, where we're all sort of struggling here together, mm-hmm. start small, and just get some wins and grow organically. And if you know, if you can, bootstrap and figure things out and produce value in one of the most difficult times that we're experiencing right now. Then you're going to be able to build that resilience and be successful once things really kick back and start again. And I'm, I'm with you guys on, on the unity here. I worry a bit about right now where. I know some, you know, many businesses are going, you know, closing, closing down, laying people off. And then we're seeing other companies, Amazon, and these just absolutely thrive because of the convenience and the infrastructure mm-hmm. they've actually got built up. And so there's a lot of great talk about supporting local businesses, supporting small businesses. And I think that's a really beautiful thing that's emerged here. Uh, and so I, I, I'm with you guys on that. I would just like to see that continue. And, and let's make sure that, you know, the people who are taking risks, the people who are trying to innovate and be creative and do amazing things for the world, they don't get so risk averse from an event like this and that we can keep having people um moving forward and doing that stuff right there do. i love that yeah
0: well yeah. guys that's uh, honestly an awesome conversation it's one of those episodes where i had you know have a bunch of notes and we just kept it flowing so i really appreciate you tyler for being on this call and, and adding your everything in and, and mitch for sharing your story and that um and you know how you had those tools i think to overcome you know uh challenging mental health times, I think it's inspirational to so many. And there are, you know, so many things that we can do. And, um, yeah, I just got much, much love for you guys and your story. So thank you so much. Um, Mitch. one
1: thing I want to note, one thing I want to note to yeah. what you just said, um, you said overcome that, that, that makes it seem like I've actually got uh, to an ending, an ending point thank you. in which I haven't. Mm. So it's, it's like tools to keep me on the path.
0: Yeah no, and thank you. It's never it's never done until you're six feet under or however you want to go. You know what I mean? So uh, I mean, nowadays you can actually get put in a bag and, and grow a tree. You know, so you don't have to just be six right. feet under the hole. Anyway, I think the, <laughs> po-
1: the point is like no boxes have actually been checked, right? Like yeah, no, that's for sure. And, and, and they will, and they won't be. And that's my belief is that we're constantly learning and growing, and you won't that's get to a do. point where you say check. So
0: right, no, without a doubt, right? So. Thank you for saying that. It's a great way to end. Uh, tell folks, Mitch, how they can find more of the amazing, cool things that you're doing, as well as Station. Um, yeah, let folks know.
1: Yeah, you can find uh, Station at stationcoldbrew.com. Um, we actually just launched our e-commerce. We'll share a promo code um, after. Right. Uh, but what's even, what's even better is yesterday we, we launched uh, a one-for-one. So for every case sold, we're going to be donating a case to frontline workers, and that could be amazing. That could be hospital workers. That could be retail workers. That could be truck drivers who are delivering products to grocery stores. There's a whole bunch of uh, categories we've we've outlined. Um, so okay. you know, we're doing our best to give back um, while keeping our business afloat. Right. Um, but StationColdBrew.com. You can find our episode of Dragons Den on Netflix. Okay. Um, you can find us on Instagram. Ooh. We're pretty active. Um, and then sign up for a newsletter. All that fun stuff. Right on. So,
0: Okay, cool. I'll make sure to have all that in the show notes. And then, yeah, as in regards, thank you guys for the uh, promo code that will be Rewild My Bio. And uh, yeah, we're going to work on getting that up and out there so you guys can stay caffeinated with some tasty cold brew during these uncertain times. Maybe. But thanks so much, guys, for being here. And thank you to everyone out there listening. Um, we really appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to this story. If you found it useful, if you know a friend who might need help uh, with their mental health, if you found this helpful for you, please pass it on, share it with them, and as always, stay wild. Thank you for listening to the Rewild My Bio podcast. Please subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating if you've enjoyed this episode. I would greatly appreciate it if you shared the show with your friends, if of course you think they would like it. You can also visit ReWildMyBio.com to download previous episodes and sign up for the newsletter. In the newsletter, I share blogs and bonus content from my health promotion research, along with practical tips to help you rewild in a modern world. Please follow along on Instagram and Facebook at ReWildMyBio and on Twitter, at Sean Slade. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, stay wild.